Good morning, church. You guys were awesome. Uh, third song, you were awesome. Uh, first one, you're all going, what are we doing? What's going on? Um, it's kind of how I felt last night. I uh, went to a wedding, and a young couple in the church got married, and um, all four of the pastors and their wives were there, and some other Great Oaks people, and um, it's, it's a little strange uh, to see your boss getting jiggy with it. Um, think about that next Sunday um, when you see Bill, or is he in here now? I don't know. Um, but there he is. There he is. Um, I told Karen, I, I'm, I'm a slow dancer. Uh, I'm the romantic. I feel like a big, goofy something or other, you know, moving around out on the dance floor. So but they got me out there, and I hope Nate's camera didn't find me. Um, but uh, I know we got some good shots of some people in this church. Uh, Marcus, uh, yeah, if you're here. Wow! You and Nate just need like a road show. Um, Nate is hilarious. Um, Man, I really wish you could have seen that last night. That was fun. We had a good time. And, uh, but yeah, when I first started, I'm watching all these people dance, and I'm sitting on the sideline. I kind of felt like you guys first service, like, what am I doing? You know, but by the end of the night, you're feeling good. And so I'm hoping by the end of this series, you know, you guys will be into it. And, and uh, like Nate said, when you guys are engaged and involved, it really encourages the hearts and the, and the minds of the people who are up here. And, and uh, so just encourage you guys to just give it all to God and get into it. Um, we're doing a series called Everyday People, and every year in the month of July, we, we shut down our K-5 through programming. We bring the kids in here, and we do that for a couple reasons. We do it to give our, our uh, children's volunteers a break, and we also want our kids to experience a worship service with us and to have, have some family worship together. And So we're doing a little kid-friendly. You saw the game this morning with the toilet paper, and um, you saw the kids up here. And um, Last Sunday, uh, I, I want to share with you the church leadership faux pas uh, that I did last Sunday. We, uh, we brought some dads up, and, you know, we put the garbage bags on them, and they buried their faces in whipped cream. And so, similar to what Nate did, I'm up here, and I'm, you know, hey, kids, volunteer your dads. And a couple of hands shot up in the back over here, and I was like, all right, you come on up here. I couldn't really see who it was. And, and he and his, his uh, daughter come walking up, and as he's walking on stage, I'm thinking, I don't, I don't really know that guy, but yeah, no big deal. It's a growing church. I don't know everybody. And he gets up here, and he's doing the whole thing, and, and, um, he gets done, and, and I'm walking out, and I walk past him, and, and I said, hey, thanks for being a good sport, and he just kind of smiled, he's nodded, and, and um, come to find out Monday morning, that was his first time ever at Great Oaks. <laughs> Welcome to Great Oaks, where on your first Sunday, we bring you on stage in front of hundreds of people you don't know, uh, put a garbage bag on you, and embarrass you. <sighs> we were a little more careful this week, I think. That was my wife on the end down there, so... Um, but uh, yeah, I, I did find out more of the story, had a couple come up to me and said, uh, they're our neighbors, we talked to them, we told them it's different, you know, and next month, um, next month, they're, you know, it's back to like the adult worship service, and uh, they're in vacation in Minnesota, so I was looking for them for a service, I was a little nervous, I scared them away from church forever, uh, but hopefully they'll be back, um, but uh, wow, you know, it's like first day in seminary, they teach you, don't embarrass first time guests. And uh, I just threw that rule out the window last week. But uh, we, we're glad you're here. Each pastor is going to teach. And uh, we've all chosen different people. And, and, and we call it everyday people because we want to make sure that you guys understand when, when we read through the scriptures, all of us, when, when we're reading through, it's really easy sometimes to look at the people in here and think, man, these, these are just absolutely incredible people. There's something special about them, unique and, and, and different than anybody else in the history of the world, and definitely different than me. 
And we want to throw that whole idea out the window. We want you to understand that the people you read about in Scripture are everyday people. People like you and me. People who had jobs and, and families. People who had, who had great moments of joy and great moments of tragedy. People who had fears and failures. Uh, their stories are our stories. And so when we read the Scriptures, uh, I want you to read this with an eye to go, wow, that's an incredible lesson. How, how can that fit into my life? What would I have done differently, or would I have done the same thing in, in that situation? And so each of us pastors, we, we've chosen somebody, and we're going to teach you through their lives. Um, today, I chose Lydia. Uh, Lydia, as you learned earlier, is a dealer in cloth. She manufactured and sold cloth. We have all of like five or six verses in the entire Bible about Lydia. And uh, I mean, you can't get more ordinary and everyday than that. But there's some incredible lessons that we can learn from Lydia. And so I want to share that with you this morning. But I'm going to need some help. Uh, I need some people to volunteer, and I'm looking for specific people at certain times. Um, uh, one, I just need anybody, anybody that can hold, it, hold something up. So uh, you were already on stage. Somebody was on stage. All right, come on up. All right, here you go. You get to hold a sign. Congratulations. It's not a speaking part, so don't say anything, okay? Um, <laughs> I need like a fourth or fifth grade girl who has some friends here today, probably three that you guys can bring up. Fourth or fifth grade girl. Parents, don't volunteer, Tom. Um, <laughs> my buddy Tom's over here going, my daughter, my daughter. Uh, fourth or fifth grade, somebody, anybody, anybody? You know what's fun is we're not moving on until we get my volunteers. So you have friends you want to bring up that you can bring up? I need, three, I need two or three of you. No? Wow, I'm sorry. You have friends. I know you have friends. Are they over there? And they have to be girls. They got to be girls. It would be awkward if they're not girls. All right, while she's looking for her friends, I need a fourth or fifth grade boy and a couple of his friends who will come forward. Fourth or fifth grade, all right, come on up. Tommy, right? All right, come on up. All right, congratulations. You get to be Lydia. Go ahead and put that on. Um, Tommy, you get to be... Paul. So go ahead and throw that on. Uh, now I need nine married men. Nine is important. It's an important number. Don't ruin my costume. That is incredibly expensive. I stole it out of Dan's supply closet. Um, I need, uh, you're hanging with him. All right. Um, we need nine married men and nine is important. It's an important number. Uh, not eight, not 10. I need nine. I need nine married men to come forward and just stand up here in the front of the stage. Nine married men. Not ten, not eight. It's like Monty Python. Thou shalt count to three, not proceeding to four, nor on to five. Pull thy holy hand grenade and launch towards the killer rabbit. All right. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine. Oh, Dan, yeah, you're on stage later. All right. All right, you guys stay down here. All right. Now, audience, you have a very important role, okay? We're going to tell the story of Lydia, and we got some actors up here, uh, but you have an important part too, okay? When we get to certain people, you have to respond with a, a voice. Um, all right, you guys need to be over here. Sorry, I didn't give you instructions. Philippi, you're in the middle. Um, I started making the sign. I ran out of room. You guys do that? I had to, like, cram in the last few letters. 
Um, all right, so when we say the word Philippi, I want the audience to go, ooh, ah. Okay, the practice, Philippi. Very good. Now, Paul and his buddy here, they're missionaries, they're on a journey, and so they're out traveling in the wilderness telling people about Christ. So when we say Paul, I want you to stomp your feet like you're on a journey. Okay? All right? When we talk about Lydia, Lydia and her ladies, okay? Uh, Lydia is the main character in the story here. When we talk about Lydia, um, I, you know, the only thing I could think of was a sigh. So, oh. So, Lydia... Oh, very good. All right. Nine married men. Um, kind of like a, the Christmas song, Nine Maids of Milking or something, right? Um, nine married men. Uh, when we talk about the nine married men, um, I want you guys to do like the Darth Vader death march. You know? Dum, dum, da, dum. No, I'm just kidding. Um, what it, I, I, actually, I, I meant to do the wedding thing last time, and I actually did that on, on accident. Um, but how does the whole wedding song thing go? Like, Wow, we have like three different versions of that song. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Um, sorry, give it to me one more time. There you go. All right. When we talk about the nine married men, do the wedding march. All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's hear the story. Let's read through this. We'll have it on the screen here. And uh, what I want to do is I want to read through it once, and then we'll go back through and we'll break it down. All right. Um, you guys just kind of hang with me. Do your roles and audience. You guys are ready. All right, so from Troas, uh, we put out to sea. Now, we is Paul. Very good. We put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace, and the next day on to Neapolis. From there, we traveled to Philippi. Very nice. A Roman colony in the leading city, catch that, the leading city of that district of Macedonia, and we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, which is like their Sunday, on the Sabbath we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. And we sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman named, you've got to scoot down with your friends, what are you doing down there? It's Lydia and her ladies, not Lydia and the two people that are off in a distance. Lydia. Aww. We sat down and talked to Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. Dan's got a great supply closet. Um, A dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. All right, let's break this down a little bit, all right? So we've we've got Paul and his posse. And they're, like I said, they're missionaries, so their whole job, God has commissioned them to go out and tell people about Christ. And so they're out on the ocean, they're out in the sea, they, they get to land and they make this journey to Philippi. There you go. It says, a Roman colony in the leading city of that district of Macedonia. Now, what you need to know about Philippi is it was a very large city. Um, it was a place that was on the, the Via Ignatia, which is the, the Roman road. And so a lot of travelers came through Philippi. Very important outpost for the city of Rome. In fact, the citizens um, considered themselves uh, very much so Roman citizens. And so they dressed like that and they spoke the language. Um, a lot, there was a large contingency of soldiers uh, that lived here. And, and, and they had a lot of soldiers that retired into the city of Philippi. Very nice. So it was a very large city. Don't think small little village. Don't think, you know, a few huts. I mean, you're talking a major city. They have temples to, to gods there, okay? And, and it's a major city, major thoroughfare. Uh, now, we said there, there's soldiers there. Um, so we've got we to we do a little something extra. All right, one more audience participation here. One more instruction. I need to hear 
a war cry. All right? When we talk about the soldiers, I just want, oh man, I'm just, like intimidate the enemy, right? You're on the battlefield, you got, you got Mel Gibson and William Wallace, freedom, all that stuff. You know, I need a war cry, you know, to just scare all of our enemies, all right? So on the count of three, one, two, three, go. I think we can take them. What do you guys think? Were you guys intimidated? No, no. Let's do it again. All right, one, two, three, go. Yeah, there we go. That's what I'm looking for. All right, so we got a lot of soldiers in the city of Philippi. I'm testing you. You're not paying attention. Uh, It says that uh, Paul arrived... Um, stayed there for several days on the Sabbath, which is like their Sunday. Uh, they went outside the city gates, the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. Now we've got to stop there. Well, what's going on here? Uh, you see, when Paul and his posse, when they would pull into a town on the Sabbath, the first thing they would do is go to the local church. It's called a synagogue. And they would meet with the Jewish leaders there, and they would talk to them about Christ, and, and they would talk to them. Well, well, here we have Paul, who goes outside the city of Philippi, to a river and meets with Lydia and her ladies. Why? Because there were not 10 married Jewish men in the entire city of Philippi. To have a... Ooh, you guys are good. Sorry. I totally missed on that. Did we do it? 10 married men. Nine married men. All right. There weren't 10 of them. To... <laughs> wow. Um, it's a good thing we're not wedding planners or musicians out here. Um, to have a synagogue in that day, to have a church, you had to have 10 Jewish men who were married who would step up and be the leaders in that church. Well, in this large city of Philippi, with this Via Ignatia, a Roman road going through, and all of these thousands and thousands of citizens and retired soldiers, <laughs> Freddie was on with me, retired soldiers. There were not 10 Jewish men who were married. I really wasn't expecting it at that time, but sorry. I was pausing for dramatic effect and suddenly filled in with that. Um, and so, you know what, guys, since uh, there's only nine of you and you didn't step up in Philippi, you get to go back to your seats. You are dismissed. All right, so Paul goes outside the city to this river where he expects to find a place of prayer because that's what people did when they didn't have a synagogue. They would often meet near a river outside of town and and they they would pray together. It says, We sat down and began to speak to the women who'd gathered there. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshiper of God. Now, what does it mean to be a worshiper of God? It means that she was a non Jewish person who believed in the one God, monotheistic God, believed and followed the moral teachings of the Old Testament, uh, but didn't, wasn't Jewish. And so at this point, she didn't know about Christ. Paul comes along, very good, teaches her about Christ. She gets, her, her heart is opened. Uh, she gets baptized and all the members of her household. And she invites Paul into her home. And says, if you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay in my house. And she persuaded us. Thank you guys very much. Uh, you can take the costumes and signs with you and leave them on the floor. We'll pick them up later. Now, what does all this mean? 
Here's the big idea for today. What I want you to walk away with, if it was one sentence, I want you to walk away with this. God wants us to remain faithful even if nobody else does. You see, the lack of, of married Jewish men meant that there was not a large quantity of believers in the city of Philippi. Don't respond anymore. Um, and, and so Lydia and her ladies had to meet outside of Philippi because they were small in number, because there weren't a lot of people there. But she was faithful despite... The, the number of people, despite having anybody else who was faithful, Lydia and her ladies remained faithful. Now, let's fast forward a little bit through history because we know that, that from that moment, uh, Paul planted a church there. We don't know if it occurred in Lydia's house or not, but later on, uh, this big house church, hundreds of, of Christians, uh, develops to the point where later in life when Paul is in prison, he writes a letter to that church. It's in the New Testament. We read it today. It's called the book of Philippians. Because Lydia was faithful, even though nobody else was, we have a book in the New Testament to the church at Philippi. And we read it today, and we are encouraged by what Paul wrote to the church at Philippi. Lydia's faithfulness, despite the lack of number of people, her faithfulness produced results for generations to come. So what does it mean to be faithful? It means to be, to be steadfast in your allegiance and your loyalty to God. Uh, kids, we, we go to school and we say, I pledge allegiance to the flag, right? When we say we're, we're being loyal to God, when we're pledging allegiance, when we're being faithful to God, we're saying, I pledge allegiance to my God and to his word. Uh, Psalm 51.10 says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And you see, the reality is that we are faced every day each one of us, we're faced every day with a choice to either remain faithful to God or to be unfaithful to God. To either follow his word or to disobey his word. For those of you that are in the marketplace, uh, here's some questions for you. Uh, will you cheat on that expense report and put a few more dollars in your pocket? Uh, will you laugh at those jokes and, and join in behavior that you know God wouldn't approve of? Uh, will you manipulate situations so you look better in order to move up the corporate ladder? For those of you that, are, that are stay home and, and for the whole family when you're in your neighborhood, will you gossip about your neighbors behind their backs? Will you allow your children to watch TV shows or play video games that are, that are rude, offensive, or violent? Do you act or talk differently when you're at home than when you're in public? Kids, when you're in school, will you make fun of other kids because they're different? Will you cheat on your test because you didn't study and, and you know you're going to fail? And so do you choose to cheat instead of accepting the grade that you deserve? Will you follow the school rules even when none of your friends do? That's the standard that God calls us to. That and so many others, so many choices every day in the marketplace, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, and in our schools. God and his word gives us a standard to live by. And we are left to choose. And so what are we going to do? Are we going to remain faithful even if nobody else at work does? Are we going to stay faithful to God and his word even if we're the only family in the neighborhood that does? Are we going to stay faithful to God and his word even if we're the only student in the entire school that does? See, and there are blessings there are results. When we stay faithful, when we remain faithful, God will honor that and he will bless us. I, I, I have got just three things, and I think there's so many more, but uh, here's three things that I thought of this week. I think that by remaining faithful, uh, God will bless us beyond anything we could even imagine. I, I think he'll bless us um, emotionally. 
I think he'll bless us spiritually. I think he'll bless us uh, relationally. And, and I believe and believe he'll bless us financially. Uh, Karen and I, you know, we had this decision a couple weeks back, and uh, we're doing the whole budgeting thing and the Dave Ramsey thing, and we're trying to follow that and, and, and get our finances all working right for us. And, and uh, she calls me at work one day, and she says, Chris, we, we just got our life insurance premium due, $500. And I was like, okay. She's like, do we have that money? And I said, yeah, I think so. And that night, I'd gotten paid, and that night, I'm, I'm sitting down with a checkbook, and I'm starting to write out the checks. And, and the first check, and we've been doing this for years, but the first check is to the church. It's, to, it's our tithe. It's 10% of our income. And, and I was about to put pen on the check, and I thought, this would go a long ways towards that $500 life insurance premium. Like, God will understand. You know what? We've got to pay our bills. I, mean, he'll, I can just pay it next time, next time I get paid. We'll make it up. And I went through that for just a, a brief moment. But it's something that Karen and I committed to. And so, uh, so I went ahead and wrote out the check to the church and turned it in. And, and our finances worked out for the next couple of weeks, and, and uh, we were fine. And about four or five weeks after that, uh, we get a, a letter in the mail from the IRS. Now, that does deserve a death march, you know. <laughs> when you get a letter from the IRS, all you think of is Darth Vader and dum, dum, da, dum, You know, you don't have no idea what this thing is. Taxes are done. Are we getting audited? What's going on? I opened the letter from the IRS. It was a check for $500. It was almost to the penny what we paid out for our life insurance premium. Now, does that work every time? No. But it's happened enough in my life to know that if we're faithful, God will bless us financially. We don't do it to be blessed financially. God will bless us relationally. God will bless us emotionally. And God will bless us spiritually. I think by remaining faithful will also result in, in the opportunity to make a difference in the world. We all want to, want to live lives that are significant. Every week I have the opportunity to impact hundreds and hundreds of people here and in Chicago and, and some friends around the world just by living out my life. And if, if I were to choose not to be faithful to God and His Word, if I were to choose to live a life that didn't honor and please Him, I would lose that opportunity to impact your lives. And in the same way, you have the opportunity when you go to work, when you're at home in your neighborhood, when you go to your schools, you have the opportunity as well, but you have to remain faithful because if people are watching and if they see you be unfaithful to God and his word, they will not let you let that pass. They will point that out and you will lose the opportunity to impact their life. And I think as well, remaining faithful results in creating a lasting legacy. Uh, one of the things that, that, that I'm, I'm most passionate about right now is, is seeing my kids grow up to know Christ and to love God and to live, live out their lives God-centered. And so we're trying to do things, and, and I've talked before during the parenting series, Karen and I are figuring this out. We didn't grow up in a Christian home, and, and so we're trying to figure this whole thing out as we go. And I remember a few years back, and, and, and there's going to be times where we're faced with decisions that are big, and there's going to be times where we're faced with decisions that are, are seemingly small and insignificant. Um, and and here's was, here was the situation. Um, we were getting ready to go out to the movies. We are going to take the kids to the movies. Some new kids movie came out, and and, uh, you know, every now and again, I like to get a little popcorn or some candy, you know, have something to munch on in the movie theater. And, and uh, we're talking about, but I, honestly, I hate paying for it. I think it's a ripoff. Um, I hate buying candy at, the, at the, the movie theater. And so Karen and I are talking about this. And, and in front of the kids, we said, well, let's just go to Walmart. We'll buy it at Walmart. We'll stick it in our jacket pocket and we'll go in. And uh, knowing full well, and they, the kids knew as well, you weren't supposed to do this. And, but we made this plan. We're like, all right, let's just go do it. And, and I'm walking out the door, and all of a sudden it hits me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, what are we doing? And, and, and I turned around to the family. I said, we're not going to do that. 
We can't. That's not right. And, 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 and the kids, we had to explain that, no, sorry, we're not going to buy candy either at the movie theater, so you're out of luck. But, it, but here's the deal. That's cheating. The, the signs at the movie theater are, are, are clear. No outside food or candy. And yet, here I was as their father, as a pastor, saying, ah, that's a rule we can break. And my kids were watching. And it, did the lesson sink in? I don't know. But over my lifetime, the small decisions like that and the major decisions in life, that has the opportunity to create a lasting legacy in my kids and in their kids and in their kids. Will I choose to change my family tree by being faithful? The question I want to throw out to you, last question and the band's going to come out and play. Will you remain faithful even if nobody else around you does? Thank you for listening to Great Oaks Community Church's weekly podcast. For more series and podcast information, go to greatoakscc.org.